Well, good morning. Or oh, that's noon weird. When you're this out here day. I know. So, why is it us and no Sean this week? Well, Sean decided to go have a great weekend down at Kerry, cycling the Ring of Kerry. Although, on, I was kind of surprised. Well, one, I thought if I did that, I might die. Uh, but the other thing is, quite a lot of people I knew were doing it. I was quite surprised to see, um, obviously, the social media. I was like, oh, you did it. Oh, you did it. And then one or two, I was like, oh, geez, I really should have done it. But um, it was just really annoying. I was like, I would like to consider myself fitter than some people. And then I seen them just after completing 170K. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know it's a long way around when you when you say it like that. Sorry, it's a long way around in one go. One hundred and seventy kilometers. Like that is that is, you know, (laughs) that was my weekend distance. The thoughts of that in one go. Actually, what I've been doing this afternoon. So we're recording this of a Sunday afternoon for you, Sunday night for me. And Challenge Roth is on. And so the full day oh. triathlon in Germany. And, you know, it's, it's renowned for some of the fastest triathlon long, or full distance triathlons ever. And the cycle in a full distance triathlon is 180K. And just, I just don't think I'm there yet. Like 70.3, <laughs> you know, 90K, happy out. But just seeing them do 180, I'm just like fair play. And that's roughly the distance of the Ring of Kerry cycle. Yeah, and the the race I was supposed to do in August um, was the, the full distance triathlon and the cycle was the Ring of Kerry. So it's um, it's a little bit of an extra kick that I didn't do it. But then again, when I think to next year, because it's deferred for years, like, oh boy, I have a lot of work to do if that's <laughs> if that's the cycle I'm gonna be doing. It's uh but anyway, I think he did it. I haven't talked to him yet, but I think he survived. I only saw half of it on Strava. So we have to get him on next week and question him about that. Uh I'll see now as we're talking if I can go and have a stalk of him. While we're doing that, let's hit the intro music. Right, we'll hit the intro music and we'll get started this week's episode of the Andy Given Run Day podcast. Okay, now just to show you how asleep I am, I went to search Sean's profile on Strava and into the search bar, I just typed Strava. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm warning you all in advance, anyone listening, <laughs> this, this could be a long episode for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he recorded it in two sections. Thank God he wasn't he wasn't hanging around. That's some elevation gain. So two sections. He his first section was 90 kilometers, and then he recorded the second section, which was 85 kilometers. Both sections had between seven and eight hundred meters of elevation gain. Yeah, it is. It's uh it's about 1,400, 1500 total around Riga um now I know a lot of them um stop off for lunch around the halfway part. Um but yeah, looking at some people getting it done in about seven hours and stuff, which is really, really good. Like that's incredible. I just yeah, I just admire anyone who does 
well, anyone who gets out and <laughs> exercises, but to take on the long stuff, like it's not only physical, but it's so mental as well. Now, <clears throat> there's something I have to pick with you as well. You went out on a 100K cycle today. Yes. You have 140 achievements on Strava <laughs> for one cycle. I've never seen that many medals ever. It's so funny. Uh, Brandon, my boyfriend, said the exact same thing to me. And I'll let you in on a secret, right? So, yes, I had 140 achievements. But, you know, they're on Strava, so you get the, like, you know, you have the achievements if you're like the top 10 overall and stuff, but you also have your own personal achievements. So like the first time you do it, you set a time on that course. Then the next time yeah. you do it, you'll either set a faster time or it'll be your second fastest time ever. And then obviously the yeah. third time, it's still going to be either your first, second or third fastest time. So that counts as an achievement. This was only my third time on that route. So even if I was going slow, it still counts as an achievement. Oh, my God. It would have been at least my third quickest time ever doing that route. And you averaged a speed of 32 kilometers an hour for 100K, which, Tanya, you're listening, that's absolutely disgusting. I'd have got a speeding ticket along the keys, wouldn't I? Oh, my God, <laughs> that is... That is disgusting. Yeah. So what brought you out for 100K? Well, I, as I've probably mentioned, no, I've definitely mentioned I'm doing the 70.3 at the end of the year. So I need to be able to cycle 90 kilometers comfortably. So at the moment, it's just all base training, just building up the mileage. So last week, I went out for the 90Ks on the Sunday. That was grand. Uh, and 90Ks was just under three hours. So then it was kind of like, okay, that age-old question. Will I just do the 90Ks this week or will I do the three hours? And yeah. then the three hours was so close to the 100K. So it was like, will I do the three hours or will I do the 100K? <laughs> so <laughs> that, that ever-elusive target of, ah, it's almost 100K, it's almost three hours. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to let go of the stats. It really is. It's like, which one? So, uh, and because I was going out and back, I had to make that decision before halfway. And I just have to say like the, if anyone who sees it on my Strava will see that it's literally just one straight line down and then straight back up. And it runs along beside the freeway. So it's a custom built bike path. There's absolutely no stopping. So that is why you can average so high. Because once you get up to pace, I didn't have to break pace or like stop or cross any roads. Um, aside from the first 6K, so 6K from my house to this bike path. And then the next 44 kilometers down didn't have to stop, didn't have to pull over, no traffic lights, no cars, no intersections. You go underneath all the roads, you're going along beside the freeway and then any of the exits off the freeway, you just do a bit of a detour, go under the bridge and then you're just back out beside the freeway. Yeah, it is brilliant. It was something that was in Helsinki as well, that every major road or motorway had a footpath either side and it was like, country road size wide do you know oh, those like farmer lanes wide so like you could cycle from where we were 
which was 15 kilometers outside of Helsinki city center, you could cycle all the way in or cycle all the way out. And any river or road always had footpaths either side for miles upon miles. And it was kind of like, why do we not do this at home? Like we have canals that literally connect a lot of places to Dublin city, but yet we have no sufficient footpaths the entire way in. Like, uh, but it like make a big difference. They have been improving the paths at home for for a long time, but it's still not finished. Like this is amazing because the whole way from Perth City, the whole way around the river, then all of the freeway. So you could have gone, I think we can go 120 Ks on this road just south. You have the same north, the whole end of the freeway. You have the same heading towards the hills and then along the coast. So the whole coast is not paved, but there are large sections of it that have the footpath and the cycling path. Like it it just really is nice and it's safe. Like there's no way I would do that distance out on a main road going that speed. You, You know, you just couldn't. You'd be kind of hugging the hard shoulder. You'd be, you know, anytime a car would come by making sure that they gave you enough space, not being guaranteed they'd give you enough space. It just takes all of that fear away and you can just concentrate on getting your training in, getting good cycling. Yeah, it's something I noticed on my my big cycle to work Monday. Um, twice, uh, someone overtook me on a bend and a car came around as they were overtaking. And uh, yeah, I was nearly eaten the the rear taillights of cars a couple of times but it's um it's something that is like genuinely for the first 10 minutes of the cycle the fear was there the adrenaline was going i was probably pedaling away too faster than i should have because cars were behind me cars were beside me and yeah it was it was a little bit scary to get used to again yeah it absolutely is so i think Anyone who lives near kind of secluded, well, not secluded, but like bike paths that are separate to the main road appreciates the value of them. And I've even yeah, seen, it's absolutely brilliant. So the most terrifying thing I ever did was cycle in Dublin city center. Like I'm not messing. My heart used to be in my mouth, like going in and out, especially um, coming over you know, when you go past Connolly Station and you go to cross over to the south side and then it's kind of like yeah. a large roundabout section. So I used to go from the Connolly, so the north side over to the south side in the morning and then come back in the evening, Tara Street across there, back around Connolly and all that intersection because you have five lanes. So you're trying to hug the inside. It's four or five lanes. You have yeah, to yeah, you're be right, yeah. over in the middle lane. So the very middle lane crossing over the second bridge. Or sorry, the yeah. second side. Because two of the lanes will veer to the left. One lane will turn right. And then the two will veer right. Oh, it's just, I just couldn't deal with it. <laughs> Even just explaining yeah. it, I'm just getting flashbacks. That is the most terrifying thing I ever did. Actually, Brandon got hit by a car door on that intersection. Going through traffic, so about 5.30 and winter time, so it was dark and he had his flashing lights. And someone in traffic decided to get out of the back seat of a car. And oh, wow. opened the door and took him out of it. Like, so dangerous. 
Yeah, it is absolutely madness. Although I have been looking into it and a lot of cycling clubs are using Mondello Park for cycling, which I think is a, a pretty good idea. You've done this before, haven't you? I have. So a Minute Cycle Club, they used to arrange that on a Wednesday night for maybe an hour or two hours you could go and cycle on the track because, you know, over winter, it's pitch black so early. So you could just uh, rock up. Now, they didn't have the lights turned on, so you needed your own lights. But it's absolutely fantastic because you it's three kilometers around. You have full use of the circuit. And, you know, because it's so big and not a huge number of people, it's not very congested. And it's just closed off to cars, so very, very safe. <laughs> Yeah, it makes a big difference, especially if you're trying to do something like you did where you need a 40 kilometer stretch to just see what pace you can hold or or what speed you can hold over a distance. Like you could get your your 10, 20 laps in there and all of a sudden you've you've covered your 60K over the space of time. But it's um, it definitely makes a big difference. It's something that's lacking. I do sympathize with anyone who's cycling in. Um, from next week, I'm actually cycling in from Fisber every day so I'm going to be taking on the city cycling for the first portion um, but, but yeah it's definitely well, less hilly and I do have yeah, a canal section yeah. that I can cycle and like along the Keys now they have taken away one of the lanes and made it a dedicated bike path which is so nice like they've done that since I lived in Dublin so I've never actually cycled along it but you can just see the amount of people that are using it. And it just shows, you know, if the facilities are there, more people will cycle into work. And I was just very lucky as well that where I worked at the time had like shower facilities and a place to leave the bike. And they had a place where you could hang up your cycling bibs and stuff in the morning. Let's say it was a bit wet. You could hang them up and they'd be dry by that evening. So it just, you know, it's the small things. Like I know I was very lucky with that. But even just having the roads, like people will make use of it if it's there and if it's safe. Yeah, it is brilliant. But again, well done to those who took part in that event in the Ring of Kerry as well. Like it is, there is something more satisfying about doing long cycles with many cyclists. You do feel that safety in numbers. Um, so I suppose if ever you want, to, I know a lot of people cycle the Ring of Kerry. Um, but if you ever wanted to be a part of something with a bit of organization and a lot of other cycles, it's, it is a fantastic opportunity to go and see it. And the views are spectacular. I'm sure, well, I've seen some of his stories where it was uh, pretty much clouded out, but I'm sure for the most part, he had a, a nice view kind of day. Oh, definitely one of the more spectacular ones. But I'd say you're looking forward to next year having that scenery as your triathlon race. Yeah, and like, I suppose everyone you speak to and you say, oh, I'm doing the full distance. They're like, oh, what's involved with that? And the minute you mention after the swim, you have to cycle the Ring of Kerry, everyone immediately goes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, everyone knows how beautiful it is, but everyone equally knows how hilly it is. Although, oddly enough, the elevation uh, given on the Strava for the Ring of Kerry is the same elevation as the Cork um, full distance Ironman. So um, there, there is some some decent climbing to be done in Cork as well. So um, if I'm going to suffer, I'd rather be looking at the Ring of Kerry than fields in Cork. So <laughs> sorry, Cork fans, but one, one is definitely um, 
a nicer day out in terms of spectacular views. And chances are Cork, like Cork's reputation for the swim being cancelled is not great. So if you actually yeah, want to guarantee yeah. that it's a triathlon and not a duathlon, uh, don't bank on that one for any specific times or qualification, just in case. Yeah, it always does have a stinker of a day. Um, but yeah, there's some great hills. There's actually good footage from Cork of people having to get off their bikes and walk up the hills. <laughs> oh, man. Like, they are horrific. But uh, yeah, no, I, no, I'm sure the Ring of Kerry has some huge climbs as well but I'd like to think I'd be able to manage them a bit better um, so where are you in the training now obviously 16 weeks to go to Dublin Marathon starting tomorrow or today I, actually Sunday yeah oh exciting I believe I have 22 weeks to go 22 weeks and already with a, a pretty decent foundation because 100 kilometers at 32 kilometers an hour is a pretty good start to training. The it's a great position is. to be in 22 weeks out. <laughs> I need to be able to do that on my own and not sit on a wheel. Although it is improving. Like, um, I don't think I've mentioned yet that I've got a new bike for this uh, triathlon. So I have a TT bike and it just makes such a difference into the wind. Like I struggle going into the wind and like that's the issue with an out and back course like what I did today that's so long is that if there's a headwind it's 50 kilometers of a headwind and I just noticed with the TT bike I just I can just get so aero on it so once I'm down in the bars it it just makes such a difference I don't feel the wind I don't feel like it's pushing me backwards and I can push way quicker than I normally would now Brandon doesn't necessarily like that how arrow I am because it means he gets no draft when he's sitting behind me <laughs> so <laughs> if we take turns I'm tucked in nicely behind him and I wouldn't be in the arrow bars if I was behind him but even sitting up great draft and then when I hit the front and I hit my arrow bars he's just still towering over me so he's just getting no effect at all how do you find now obviously to describe these the TT bars uh, or the tri bars as people will call them they're they're coming out like horns from the front of the bike and you can put your elbows pretty much onto your crossbars and get into a low position how did you find transitioning to them because I find it's a long way down for me and I don't know how comfortable I am in those positions it's taken three rides to progress to very comfortable. So the first ride was just going out because even you don't have normal handlebars. You have like a straight bar going across in front of you with two like door handles sticking out. That's your handlebars. And then you have, as you said, the horns in front. So my first thing was just finding my balance, just being able to like steer and control the bike with this new setup. and then. I just it was going along and I just get down into the bars for a second and then get back up and just tried that a few times because every time I lifted my hand, I felt like I was wobbling. Like you need, yeah. you do need core strength, but that was fine. Eventually got the hang of it. I put it on the trainer then and just was going on Zwift just in that position. Cause obviously I'm not going to fall over. My balance doesn't matter as much. So I really use that to help me get into position. But then last weekend was the first kind of longish ride I'd done at the 90 kilometers. 
And I just practice things like holding the TT position for like five to 10 minutes out on the road. And that was fine. But then it was like, okay, now I need to practice like taking my hand off and like grabbing my water bottle or, you know, if you need to wipe your nose or something like that. So it was literally just going along, getting out of the bars, touching the water bottle, not even trying to pick it up or anything, just like putting my hand down for long enough to touch it while staying balanced. So like, it just sounds mental. It like literally is like trying to learn how to ride a bike again. Yeah, it is. And it is all balanced. And like, even if you haven't cycled, obviously if you, if you spend a lot of time on the turbo trainer, or if you haven't cycled in a while, doing stuff like taking water can actually be really awkward. It was something I noticed because obviously I've been on the turbo for most of my cycling over the last little while. And uh, just t- taking the water, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, not not too confident on this one. So you, you do lose some of those little skills, I suppose, that you take for granted. But um, yeah, the, I, I am still very afraid of those DT bars. But um, when you're going for that speed, it is there is just nothing better. And they do say it puts you in a better position for the run afterwards as well. Oh, you can definitely feel like the different muscles being activated from when you're sitting upright to you tuck yourself down, you know, flat back. Uh, it does feel different. Now, I haven't tried running off the bike yet. You know, I'm still 22 weeks out. I don't need to <laughs> don't need to have mastered it all yet. But yeah, but it's still a fabulous position to be in. Yeah. Uh, the biggest challenge for me was like running the half marathon like I know I can do the distance but it's doing the distance at the pace I want off the bike and what pace are you hoping for I have said a 90 minute half now <laughs> I think that right, we're just going to leave the podcast there this week <laughs> I think that's been very ambitious but I like that. I like to have a very ambitious target. Well, considering considering a four-minute K is, whether you will admit it or not, probably your comfort-ish zone. Like, if you were seeing 450s, there's something seriously wrong. So, like, I think the hour and a half, plus or minus three or four minutes, I think was is probably a realistic game for you. Um, and with 22 weeks of training, you're probably going to get it. I, I would imagine because to me, a five minute kilometer is my my go to, whereas you the four minute is an easy run. So it's uh, it's definitely something that I think you'll be able to do and a good target um, because you've done it for so long. The running is natural. You might like it as much anymore, but <laughs> it does definitely come natural to you anyway. But it's just like with the prep for Dublin, as you said, it's 16 weeks away. And with the Dublin Marathon Series, like they've already had the 5K. Um, have they had the five mile yet? I don't think that one has been on I'm yet. I'm not sure. I'm not but sure. It's just like that progression, you know, doing like building up to it. It's going to be the same thing. Like, as you said, I can comfortably go under four minutes for 5K off the bike in a sprint triathlon. And so maybe do one of them in the build-up and then if I can do an Olympic distance so the 10k off the bike if I can maybe aim for sub four then by the time it comes to a half marathon at 408 that extra eight seconds per kilometer could make a big difference but I am going to aim for a half marathon I think there is one near me 
like the week or two weeks before the race. So I think that might be my last kind of effort before the race, go out, smash that half marathon, just see how it feels and then have the race a week or two later. Yeah, well, it definitely for the confidence alone, knowing you can do it is half the battle. If you if you didn't do that and, and you never really knew, you're like, oh, will I, won't I? By the time the 13-kilometer mark kicks in, you're like, oh, maybe I can't do this. Whereas if you've done it before, you're like, okay, we're through 13 kilometers, feeling good or not feeling good, but I've been here before and it's only another little bit to go. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a good idea. And that's what one of the athletes in the Challenge Roth, they always show like interviews with them as the race is going on. And one of them said, you know, the toughest part is when you just get over halfway and it's like, I'm not sure if I can can do this. But then once you get to 30, 35 kilometers in a marathon, it's like, well, the hard stuff is done. I just have to get to the finish now. Yeah. It's definitely, you reach that that point that your body might start giving up on you, but mentally you're like, nah, it's only another 10K. I'll be there in an hour, worst case. You know, like it's, yeah. it's it is something that happens. But um, well done again to all those who are out cycling. And well done again to you for a, a phenomenal, phenomenal cycle. Uh, even though Sean cycled 170K, yours was still more impressive. That's all we're going to say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> We'll um, have to get Sean on next week to get his comments on that. Yeah, I just feel good slacking him while he's not here. But um, <laughs> we will leave it there. And, and that'll be all for this week's episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Anything else to add, right? No, other than have a great week. Get out, do something, stay active. And take care. Bye. Bye.